how it comes together at this stage of the planning process is a dead end, and it is none of our business. This stage is about polishing your vision. It is about clarification. It is about reuniting you with what it is that bolsters your best work and your best health and your best relationships. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Welcome back to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly. What's shaking? How you doing? How's it going over there? What's true in your world? I mean that. I am so curious about the questions you're asking yourself right now, what feels important, what you're wondering about, what you hold near and dear to your heart. You know, take that on over to iTunes sometime and leave a review so I know where you're at and how I can support you. Or send a voice memo over to Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A, at everybodythrive.com. I would love to be able to give you a shout out at an upcoming episode as we're getting them already here for the new year. But wherever you are, just know I'm always thinking about you when we're making these episodes. And if you're joining us for the first time or you're joining us for the 114th time, it's always the right time. Here we are. And I got to tell you a story. In fact, I've got a couple really good stories for you today. So cozy up here. This one is about a business owner, somebody I've met in the last year really exceptional human being that's doing great work. They even made the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And I I share this story because I asked them after a big presentation they had just done, we were talking afterwards, said, how are you doing? And what is it like to be at the level you're at right now? And he gave me one of the most candid and spectacular answers I've ever heard. He said, Carly, the 18-year-old version of myself would be so proud of how far I've come and what I've accomplished. But if I'm honest, the today's version of who I am is absolutely terrified about what it takes to run and sustain this organization, especially during a pandemic. And I wanted you to hear this story, A, because aren't authentic leaders just the best? (laughs) Just the best. They're my people. But also because he was pointing out something important here. His measure of success had grown with him meaning that they had accomplished what felt like big and lofty goals, and yet he wasn't necessarily settled. There wasn't a moment where he felt like, okay, I've arrived, and now I can just put my feet up and and do no more. Quite the opposite. He was acutely aware of what needed to be addressed next, or having built something important, the pressure of what he stood to lose was also more significant too. So it was time for this business owner to begin to redefine what does success mean now, right? In the face of what's before me, in the face of what's happening in 2022 now, what does success mean for you? This month, we have set up the Messy Magnificent podcast to be akin to like a four-part professional development seminar as I'm sharing the tools my clients and I use to lay the foundation for plans that give us life and lead to wins without all the hustle grind culture out there. And I consider this process a lot like weaving a basket. 
in that this is the foundational move. This is the structure that we create that is going to carry your goals in a really sturdy way forward. So if you missed it, last week on episode 113, we started with the first part of that, which is we began to plug any holes or leaks in your existing basket. In other words, we were looking for things that accidentally were zapping your mojo and draining them, and we began to tend and mend those holes. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it after this episode. That's the game changer. That's the move, this tending to the leaks that gives us so much more energy and clarity as we begin to live into your new plans. Second, today, we are going to decide together what kind of year you are building, meaning what is your focal point, specifically your self-referenced measure of success. And I'll explain a little bit more about what that is in a moment. In our next episode, we're going to begin to engage the rich resources that are going to support what your focal point is for this year. And I want to point something out. These first three steps might not look like anything to anyone outside of you. These are the foundational moves that successful folks do on a regular basis in order to lay the foundation for their plans, which we'll do together in the fourth segment so that they are sure that they are sturdy and resourced and clear before they begin. This part, it's not the most glamorous. <laughs> it's not the most TikTokable or Instagrammable because it doesn't necessarily look fancy. But by golly, is it essential. And make no mistake about it. When you begin to hone in on your own internal process and the way you want to experience the world, you do create positive shifts in our world. Jen Deloise Reyes, and I will put a link to their information. They've got a great book coming out. They are a creative labor and an educator. Recently said, quote, as the artist Fritz Haig remind us, the way that we administer our small private realm can be a public declaration of what we believe in. The very way that we structure our days, our homes, our relationships, our lives really can be statements about the way we want to see the world end up. We have more power than we believe we do. So after this month, you're going to have stellar plans with a sturdy basket. So today, as we continue with step two, your foundational focal point, this is going to be your self-referenced benchmark for success. And specifically, we're going to cover three main things. Number one, what it means to self-reference a goal versus other reference a goal. And what happens when we do either one of these things? And I'll share a pretty candid example about how I was other referencing until I was asked to give a eulogy. Number two, we're going to go over a real life example of a meaningful self-reference success points that one of my clients has that may really surprise you. So I find hearing examples of what is true for other people helps us to feel inspired to live into our truth too. So I want you to hear a few other people's examples. And then finally, we're going to go through a very straightforward process that you can engage this week to self-reference your own focal point for this new year or this new season or this moment of transition you find yourself in. So if you've got things that are important to you, you've got goals or ideas that have been in the back or forefront of your mind for a while, and maybe you've got a full plate or you're not sure how you're going to get to it this year, this is definitely the episode for you. Expect to walk away with clarity, 
and confidence, knowing exactly what your next steps are. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, Women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. They're something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into, plus lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. (laughs) Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. So one of my earliest memories is of meeting my grandma Alice for the first time as a three-year-old. Now she had come to meet me out in Colorado when I was born, but I remember vividly a formal introduction when my family moved back east to New Jersey. So we had arrived for a dinner party, and as normal, the home that her and my grandpa Bill had built was alive with warm lights and full of guests laughing and socializing atop the sea of blue and green shag carpet that they had in their living room. And it was a magical place to be a child. I remember hiding behind my dad's legs in the entryway, and my eyes were level with the edge of this gigantic gold fountain in their humble home foyer that had these plastic lily pads dancing in the ripples. And she reached out her arms to me, and the rest was a blur. I remember her embrace, and her embrace would be with me forever on. Her love, her warmth became a stable force in my life. And in her home, I would never be hungry for food or for affection. Now, while my grandma Alice lived a full and wonderful life, she was not without some significant tragic events and some deep losses. And this is where her magic shines. Because despite the challenges she endured, my grandmother Alice's outlook remained overwhelmingly positive, optimistic, open-minded, and ever-learning. And it was in the eyes of my grandma that I was a success. And so growing up with somebody who believed in me distilled within me the possibility that maybe I could dream up big goals too. And so my ambition and her belief in me got me through college. I was the first woman on her side of the family to get a college degree and onwards as I went on to complete many other professional trainings. But it wasn't until being into a few years of touring the world as this live-in celebrity coach when I got a phone call that she had passed that I realized in drafting her eulogy that this elusive fog of success I was forever chasing, this sense of like always reaching for the next best thing, 
had been sitting at the green Formica kitchen table in my grandmother's house all along. You see, while I was forever trying to do more, I was missing out on what was already good. My obsession with progress, without a clear definition of what progress was, meant that I wasn't able to enjoy the present moment, the success I already had, or the joys that were already there. And many of my clients at the time had this insatiable hunger about them, this constant craving for more, but without a clear reason. And I had become insatiable too. So my goals, and tell me if this is relatable because I see this as a common occurrence for many high achievers, they were a moving target, meaning that my goals would continue to shift 10 feet ahead for every two feet forward I got. So if I wanted to make $10,000 in a month, if I reached five, I was already expecting myself to make 20, right? Like the goal was always shifting. And my goals were other reference. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the difference between goals or values or decisions or plans that are other-referenced versus self-referenced. So this idea of other-referenced versus self-referenced is something I first learned from a best-selling author and boundary aficionado, Nancy Levin, when she joined us as a guest thought leader in the Boundary Academy. And she discussed how, for a lot of people specifically related to boundaries, our sense of what is and isn't okay to do is often other-referenced, meaning if I tell my boss that it's not okay to call me after 10 o'clock at night or that I won't be available to take their calls after work, the concern might be, well, what if they get angry at me? Or what if they think I'm lazy? Or they think I'm not committed enough? Or what if now they skip me over for a promotion or for another opportunity? Or they let me go altogether, right? And so in that way, we might decide, okay, well, then I better make it okay for them to call me at 10 o'clock at night, even if that's to your detriment, even if that's not really working to you. Because we're other referencing, meaning we are choosing the preferences, the priorities, the needs of others over what we know to be true. So if we self-referenced, we might say, look, me being on the phone at 10 o'clock at night is not me doing my best work. I show up fatigued the next day. I'm chronically behind. I want every client or every work project I've got to really get my best work. In order for that to happen, I need to have specific focused office hours. And this is when I'll be available. And so rather than over referencing our decisions in that example and going by what time schedule works for everybody else, if we lean into self-referencing, we might consider your needs too. We might look inside you, right? For what makes sense? What is the measure of success here? So as we start to plan out your focal point for this next new season, we want to make sure that it is self-referenced. And let me give you an example of that. What I'm about to read to you is an entire email (laughs) and it's only like three lines long. This is from one of my favorite human beings in the world, a client of mine, one of our corporate clients that I adore, and I adore working with their entire ownership team here. And they have this way of just getting right to the point in written form. I admire that. And here's what they sent. They sent me this email on the last day of 2021. Here I sit on the last day of 2021, reflecting on the past year. I can honestly say that this year has had great economic success but an emotional roller coaster. I am so blessed to have you with me. I pray that you enjoy me as much as I do you. May we have a great 2022. 
Now, first of all, I absolutely enjoy this client in equal amount. They lead with integrity and care and thoughtfulness and succinctness, as you can see from this email. And they keep a copy of their business values front and center. In fact, this is one of the first things they shared with me, a point of pride, was how clear their values are within their organization. And from this email, you might see that this client is defining success as they self-reference it from a few main places. Number one, business profit, right? They did have great economic success last year. But they are also defining success as emotional stability and the joy of collaborating with people that uplift them. So they're in it for the profit, for the emotional stability, and the joy of collaborating with other people that uplift them. These are their self-referenced measures of success. This is what matters to them right now. And you might begin to see that if we know what your self-referenced measure of success is, then as you're beginning to make decisions in your career or your health or your relationships, what we can do is hold any decision point up against your self-referenced success points and let us know if it applies to that, if it makes sense. So for example, with this client, if we know that they really care about working with people that uplift them and they've got three different people they could hire for one role and they're all equally qualified, well, then they might lean towards the person that uplifts them most, or they would be wary of anybody that they find draining, right? So that this begins to help make our decisions as we are planning the rest of the year, the month, the season out. So I thought you and I right here, right now, very informally could do a really sweet exercise that my clients and I love to do to just dust off any cobwebs around what your version of self-reference successes right now. And I say this because you might be very clear on your values. I am very clear on what the values of my company are. However, I as a human being have different measures of success at different points. For example, when I was a celebrity live-in coach, you know, part of my measure of success was being able to travel all the time. I loved that at the time. And I still do love to travel, but I don't need to be on a jet two times a day anymore. (laughs) That is not a requirement for me. So while that was really exciting then, now having a sense of sturdiness in my home also feels really good. I really like having a landing pad that I enjoy, right? So we're going to look at what we call the three W's in my practice. We're going to look at three specific things. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this in a mobile place, like you're out for a walk or you're on the subway or you're in the car, that you do this in your own head, but at some point. Give yourself and your goals the respect of writing this down. Get it out of that beautiful mind of yours onto a piece of paper and you may begin to see things in much clearer ways. So the three W's are in no particular order and then we'll go through what they mean. We want to look at for this past year, right? So looking back over the past year or so approximately, your wins, your wisdom, and your worthwhile moments. So when I say wins, I want you to jot down three, four, maybe five life-giving moments that really engaged your joy or zest or passion. And I've got mine right here in front of me. You might hear me turn in the page because I'm old school. I write with a pencil on a piece of paper here. And when I looked at some of my wins for the last year, 2021, one 
right out of the gate, was launching the Boundary Academy, opening the doors and creating this community of women who are elevating their boundaries has been incredibly life-giving to me. So that's number one. Number two, it turned out, was not at all related to my career. I love the way Juby, that's a nickname for Julian, my youngest nephew, climbs up my legs when he wants to be held, you know, until I pick him up and then we just crack each other up. That is also incredibly important to me. It's really life-giving. I feel so good when I get to play with my nephews. So I want you to notice as you do this exercise, you can focus it in on one area. You could say, all right, I'm going to look at the wins just for my career or just for my health or just for my relationships. But it's also okay to be a little softer than that and just see what bubbles up first. So the first one for me was a clear work win. The second one was much more personal than that, (laughs) about this really sweet moment in time where my nephews are still toddlers. So number one, list a few wins. Number two, we're going to look at your wisdom because I operate from a belief that nobody knows the circumstances of where you are better than you. So when I say wisdom, I want you to consider the lessons you've learned over the past year. Another way of looking at that is, What do I know now that I didn't know just a year ago? And again, get three, four, maybe five things down on a piece of paper. So when I wrote down some of my lessons, one thing I've learned in the past year in a much deeper way is that in the hiring process, the folks who work with me, their personality and confidence level is just as important as their skill set. That I need team members at this stage of our business who are particularly competent and courageous. That goes a really long way as we continue to scale. Something else I learned in the last year on a much deeper level, this is something that I kind of knew, but I really need to experience it in a different way, is that when I take on administrative work within my company, my true gifts, my true talents, they get shrouded. The things that really give me zest in life, which is creative thinking, creating new content, getting to interview or connect with our existing clients, that's when I thrive. And when I'm doing things that aren't that, I don't thrive as much. And so I have to be very conscious about how much admin work I'm willing to take and be willing to hire somebody to do the extra work, even if it's an extra cost, right? So I want you to look at, what do you know now that you didn't know a year ago? Jot a few things down in your wisdom column. And then here's the third one. It's worthwhile. Worthwhile as in the meaningful moments. These are moments that were particularly rich for you. Oftentimes there's a sense of gratitude associated with worthwhile moments, even if they were hard. These are moments that were important for you. So when I look back on some of my worthwhile moments of 2021, one of them was being there when my grandmother passed away. That was really important to me. I was really grateful during a moment of pandemic. She passed away from covid that the hospital staff, who was incredibly, you know, short-changed, a lot of them had COVID and couldn't be there, PPE was limited, and they found ways to get me a mask and to sit at the bedside with my grandma and be the representative from my family who was with her for at least an hour before she passed. So that was a tough moment, but by golly, was it meaningful, right? So that meaningful moment, again, of human connection really mattered to me, right? So hopefully you've got a few of your W's written down. You've got some wins, you've got some wisdom, and you've got some worthwhile moments. 
So after getting all this out of that beautiful mind of yours or considering it here for a moment, I want you to pause and reflect. Looking at your wins and your wisdom and your worthwhiles, what is it that you truly value right now? So not just going with the gut knee-jerk response of what we value, which is often, you know, I value my loved ones, or I value having free time, or I value getting to do this activity that I really enjoy. All of that is true. But what stands out as particularly important right now? Maybe this exercise reinforces what you already knew to be true and validates it. Maybe you uncover a couple things that surprise you. So for example, as I went through my exercise for this year, one thing I realized that I really value right now is beauty. I need lots of beauty right now. In a time where there are challenges in the world, seeing beauty goes such a long way for me. And beauty could look like just cleaning off the countertop before I go to bed so that when I wake up in the morning, there's no clutter and it just looks really good. Beauty can be going outside when I see the sun cut through the clouds and playing hooky from my desk for a few minutes and enjoying that vitamin D moment. Beauty can look like creating something with my hands. I love book binding. I love paper, right? So having a moment where I get to be playing with paper. So that to me was really interesting that it stood out as a primary value of mine. As I looked over my wins and my wisdom and what was worthwhile, beauty was really important. So I know that as I am creating plans for the next year, beauty's got to be in there in some format, that it can't be neglected. I am not willing to cross my fingers and hope for beauty. I want to schedule it in just like I would schedule anything else that's important. And so just keep an eye out for this. As you notice what it is you value, as you start to pay attention to, ooh, what it is that lights you up or you feel inspired by or what's really important to you, beware of the dreaded hows. And when I say the dreaded hows, I mean, how is this going to happen, right? Or how will I have time to read or to write that book I've wanted to? Or how am I going to have the funds to hire extra help if that's what you notice you value? How it comes together at this stage of the planning process is a dead end. And it is none of our business. This stage is about polishing your vision. It is about clarification. It is about reuniting you with what it is that bolsters your best work and your best health and your best relationships. So we're setting your eyes clearly on what is important to you. Next week, we'll talk about what makes living into your goals, even the big ones, entirely possible. We'll start to tackle some of those hows. But we do not edit our vision at the gate. Those of us who thrive understand that we cannot squash our ideas the moment they dare to reveal themselves to us. We notice what we value. We hold our values and ourselves with enough respect to let them be seen, to be heard, to be considered, and then perhaps worked into a doable plan. So tell me, of everything we've just covered, what's landing with you? What are you noticing? I want to hear about your wins or your wisdom or what's worthwhile for you right now. Take that on over to iTunes and leave a review or send a voice memo via email from your phone over to Anitza at everybodythrive.com and I'll get to give you a shout out and we'll have some conversation in an upcoming episode. Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including honing in on your self-reference definition of success. And I'll see you again next week 
as we gather the resources that will bolster the best of what is possible for you next. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.